Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Edith Lane, and I love serving in the tutoring program in our congregation. Christ is risen. Let us rejoice and be glad. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Amazing God, reveal to us in more ways than we can count, yet binding in unity all that was and is and yet shall be, we worship you. Source of mountains and seas, giver of light and darkness, we marvel at the work of your hands. Reconciler and redeemer, we are awed by the forgiving love that drew, draws us to you and empowers us to care for one another. Spirit of truth, whose guidance is available to us every day, we rejoice in your transforming presence. Triune God, bless, we pray, this gathering of your disciples. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit's, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. For you, O God, have made me glad by your work. At the work of your hands, I sing for joy. Let us worship God. writes the apostle, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, but if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. With this assurance, 
Let us go to God with our corporate prayer of confession. God of wisdom, our choices have denied you. We drink from the shallow waters of instant gratification when you offer springs of living water from the depths of your love. We pursue our own fame and glory, which crumble into dust when we view the sacrifice and service that build true character. O oh God, we confess that we have not put first things first. We have not lived up to the crown of glory and honor you offer us. Recall us to the awe and wonder and guide us in the ways of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. People of faith, let us say what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's now take a moment to greet one another.
Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship on this Trinity Sunday. We are grateful to be mindful of the fact that we are in the midst of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as we worship every Sunday and we get a chance to celebrate that on Trinity Sunday every Sunday after Pentecost. So we're grateful for that. We are thankful if you are visiting with us today. We hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome and we are always grateful for new faces in our midst and there's always a bunch of new faces here every Sunday morning, so we're thankful for that. We hope that you will uh, sign the friendship pads which are in the pews, and hopefully someone from Church of the Palms will recognize that name and, uh, as being unfamiliar and as a way by which we can reach out and greet you and welcome you here into our fellowship. We uh, have all sorts of opportunities. The bulletin is full of them. The Connect magazine is full of them. Uh, for you to be a part of our life here at Church of the Palms. We hope you'll take note of all those things. We have today, especially, an important moment. We'll have a congregational meeting just after this service, so we invite you to remain in your pews after uh, the benediction and benediction response for some uh, important and uh, wonderful business, which is for us to uh, launch our Open Palms uh, plan and uh, to get the endorsement of the congregation as we move forward into the next phase of our church's ministry. So even if you uh, aren't a member but would like to sort of learn about what's the next chapter of Church of the Palms' life, we would love for you to stay around and be a part of that, but that will be right after our service today. The Early Childhood Center is a very important part of our church's ministry. This is a ministry we have to children and families, a preschool daycare center, and we would love for you to find ways to be a part of that ministry. One way you can be a part of it is to actually come and read a book uh, to a classroom of students. That would be a wonderful way for us to bridge our life here at Church of the Palms with the Early Childhood Center. On page nine, you will have a more details about that and who you can reach out to contact as, you, uh, as we seek to be connected into our life together here with the Early Childhood Center. Uh, we also invite you afterwards to be underneath the tree for uh, signups, not just for fellowship, but also to sign up for opportunities, including Vacation Bible School, which is uh, right around the corner, as well as Day of Hope, which takes place in July. We can always use more people to be a part of that experience. And it was wonderful to have Maria Shaw here this morning, uh, our fifth grade piano player. It was just a delight to have her give, so please feel free to welcome her if you happen to see her later this morning. I'd like to ask Lori Haas if she will share with us in this wonderful moment of recognizing our seniors. you, Ray Backage and I, to the graduating class of 2016. First, we have Blake Bennett, who is going to go to Florida State University to study music. Influences on their life with Blake, of course, it's Lori Haas worked with her, with him, on his Eagle Scout project, making it as painless as possible. And we're going to go ahead and applaud at the very end, if you don't mind. I'm sorry about that. Next is Olivia Epstein, who will be going to USF to do a gap year as she applies to the Naval Academy. Olivia's parents have been an important part in her faith journey and giving her so many opportunities. Next, we have Max Fulton, who is going to Tallahassee Community College with the goal of transferring to Florida State University. Jeff McCauley was always a positive influence in and always was looking for the best in others. Next is Jillian Gardner, who is going to Calvin College to study biology. Jillian 
share that Geneviève Beauchamp was like a second mother and helped her to become the person that she is today. Next, we have Emmett Homeister, who is going to State College of Florida as he figures out what he wants to do. But coming up really soon is nationals for him for Sarasota Crew. Emmett says, my mom, my mom, my mom, because she helped on his faith journey, even when his schedule got so busy. I'd like to introduce you to Alexis James, who is going to the University of Alabama to study business marketing and communications. The love of dad, mom, and family. Next, we have Elizabeth King, who is going to Purdue to study mechanical engineering. <laughs> Working with Yoko and organizing the acolytes. And I don't need to introduce you to Connor Long, who is going to UCF to study business finance. Wow, everybody's uh, influenced Connor. Everybody's sitting in a pew, in a chair, <laughs> in, the, in the garden service. In particular, Ben Miller, John Sago, Lori Haas, Jeff McCauley, and Jennifer Clifton. Next is Jasmine McKeever, who is going to Liberty University to study communications. All the students and teachers in the youth group who welcomed her and helped her grow. Then we have Mariah McQueen, who is going to University of South Florida to study graphic design. The TV ministry duet, Don and Diane Prier. Then we have Kyle Nowak, who is going to the University of Alabama to study agricultural engineering. Dear friends, Mrs. Yoka Spivey, Mrs. Fran Patterson, and Dr. Mrs. Braun Graham. Then we have Mackenzie Quigley, who will be going to Florida State University to study business management and fashion merchandising. Love of family and grandma. Katie Ruth is going to Florida Gulf Coast University for special needs education. Jeff McCauley played a huge and major role in shaping her faith journey. And we have Reagan Streb, who is going to the University of Florida to study engineering. Many kudos to Joe Davis. So let's give these guys a big hand. You know that in family ministry, we are trying to create a sticky faith so that when these kids graduate and leave, they don't leave their faith behind. So here is your opportunity. Today, you are asked, pray about this during the service, to adopt one of these sweet faces that you might stay in touch with them their first year away at school, that you would write them a card, that you would send them a Starbucks card or Subway or whatever their hearts desire. They'll give you a little survey that they fill out. Go see Peg Moffat under the tree. We want to stay connected as their church family as they take that big step out into the world. So thank you for considering that, and then we'll see you under the tree. Of people, and to think that none of them is going to the University of Michigan, but. <laughs> so let us pray a blessing upon you all. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you, in your great providence, began the journey with us long, long before we ever even knew of this place. You journeyed with us through baptism, through confirmation. You journeyed with us as we made tough decisions about where we are, were planning to go to college. You journeyed with us and sent us those people that shaped our lives and helped us to become the people that we are today.
And so, Lord, we pray your blessing upon these graduates and ask, O oh Lord, that you will remind them always that you have already gone before them to wherever they're going, and you will meet them there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You always welcome us into the blessedness of your communion. And we pray, O oh Lord, that they will always know of this great church family that cheers them on from afar and that they always have a home to come back to and that they always will be loved by your people and by your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Give them another round of applause.
Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. It's so good to be able to come into your house and have this time to put aside the cares of life and the busyness of living. We hurry about planning, preparing, fixing, organizing, leaving ourselves no margin in worrying about how everything is going to turn out. So help us to quiet our hearts, to be still and know that you are God, and to listen for your voice. We give you thanks today for your many blessings, especially for these young women and men who have reached the milestone of graduation and are entering a new phase of their lives. Bless them and keep them close to you always, we pray. For some here today, this present moment is filled with disappointment or grief or fear or heartache. Help us to remember, O oh God, that you love us more than we can comprehend, that you respond when we call out to you in prayer, that you provide for our needs often in surprising ways. Remind us that you are a God who brings good from evil, beauty from ashes, and you can make a way where there appears to be no way. Engrave these truths within our hearts so that our trust in you is unshakable regardless of our circumstances. We pray for our nation and ask that in this election year, you install people of integrity and righteousness in every position of authority, including the Supreme Court positions that will be filled by the next president. And in a world fraught with violence, disparity, and injustice, we pray for peace for every man, woman, and child. We pray for the day when no one goes hungry Everyone has shelter, and no one need live in fear. Make us your hands and feet in this world to bring this about and to reconcile the world to yourself. Transform us, dear Father, to be like your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us continue our worship with the presentation of our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we joyously place before you these offering plates filled with our tithes and offerings. We ask that you multiply these gifts as you did the loaves and fishes so that we can continue to help those in need and so that the gospel will be proclaimed here in Sarasota and throughout the earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated, and now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Carol. Coming up. Come on up. Yeah. They're coming out. They're coming out. Come on in. Come on up. All right, so I have a question. Has anyone ever seen one of these things? You have a map. Imagine a map. Okay, so I have a question. Does anybody know what a GPS is or has a GPS? Okay, so Walter, tell me, what does GPS um, stand for? GPS stands for Global Positioning System. Okay, so some of you may have a GPS in your parents' car or in, your, in, in a smartphone. On your phone. You just plug in the address of where you need to go and a map sh uh, pops up and it really guides you um, where you need to go, right? How can that little thing inside there tell me where I'm going? How well, does that work, Walter? Well, first it needs a map of the area. It needs a map of all the area that you might be going to, right? And then um, it needs all the roads and everything. And then what it does is it connects to the satellites that are flying around the Earth up in space. And then it talks to the satellites, talk to your phone, and they tell it which way to go on the map. And, and then it talks to other people's phones, and it can get times and how fast other people are going, so it knows traffic. And it's pretty crazy stuff. That is amazing. So, oh, really? Um, so, what's really interesting is on the GPS, if you get lost, it will recalculate and it will help you find your way. That's kind of crazy. Um, the neat thing is that it will also tell you um, how long it will take you to get there. It will, take, it, it, will, it will also tell you how fast you're going and what time you'll be there. So like even if you're going to Alaska or something, it'll tell you how many hours and minutes you're gonna take to get there. It's kind of crazy. So you know what's really neat is in trying to find our way in life's journey, God has given us our very own special spiritual GPS to guide us. So this is the Holy Spirit. So when we don't know which way to go or which way to turn, we can call on the Holy Spirit and it will always point us in the right direction. Remember how Walter said that, the, that you need a map inside that little app to show you which way you're going? Well, so do we in our spiritual GPS, we need a map as well. And that's what we use and that map is called the Bible. So we can use that to, um, in our daily life, and that map shows us how to live a pure and good life. So some people sometimes, they rely on other people's, um, other people, what other people are doing to make decisions, and sometimes they, um, they rely on their feelings to make decisions about things, but that doesn't always work because our, our minds change on things, and just because somebody's doing something doesn't always mean it's the right thing to do. So we need to look to our spiritual GPS to help us 
and guide us. Jesus knew that we needed help and to make the right decisions in life. So he promised that God would send us the Holy Spirit to guide us, all, to guide us in all, tr- all the truth. But this means that the Holy Spirit helps us understand God's word and which always points us in the right direction, and that direction is in Jesus. It points us to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I can't imagine going anywhere now without my GPS, and I also can't imagine my journey through life without that guide, the Holy Spirit, to guide me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper, our teacher, and our guide in our daily lives. We love you. Amen. Let's put this up here. seated. Starting in a couple of weeks, 
we are going to spend the summer in the Psalms, and we're going to be taking a look at a variety of the Psalms and uh, using them as a means by which to reflect upon the work of God in our lives. And so as sort of a little taste of that, we will be looking this morning at one such Psalm, Psalm 8, and then later at Paul's letter to the Romans. Hear the word of God. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Then from Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter, verses one through five. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Come thou almighty King, fill our minds and our hearts our souls, our spirits. Surround us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we may, through these words, reflect upon this word just read and the word made flesh, and discover our presence in the midst of your holy communion. For these, we pray this in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> Just about every night, I have a Psalm 8 moment. Just about every night, my little West Highland White Terrier, whom you met via picture a couple of weeks ago, stands in front of me with tail wagging <clears throat> and eyes pleading, and that is the sign that it's time for her to go outside and do her thing. 
And so on goes the leash, and out the door we go, and for about five or ten minutes, I am alone outside underneath the Florida sky, the Florida night sky. There's nothing quite like the Florida night sky. The moon and the stars and the planets are just about everywhere. From horizon to horizon, there is this light show of celestial bodies. And if I allow myself, I pause to take it in. I, I give myself over to imagining the scale of what is above me, the expanse of the universe. And if I allow myself to be in that moment, it, it takes my breath away. And by the way, did you happen to see the blue moon last night next to the planet Mars, side by side, almost all alone, hanging in the eastern sky? Those are the things you get to see when your dog takes you out for a walk. Now, while all that is happening, while I am taking the dog out for a walk and observing the enormity above me, at the end of my leash is my beloved canine friend who does not appear to be having a Psalm 8 experience. She has instead her nose in the grass, sniffing out any possible smell that she can smell. She is not impressed with the expanse above her. She is not filled with awe. She is not made to wonder about these points of light. She has her interest in other places. So tethered to each other, these two creatures, human and canine, are taking in the universe in very different ways, one with head buried and the other with head raised. Perhaps it was some similar observation that made the Hebrew poet write, when I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them, yet you have you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. From the very first pages of the Bible, the Bible has made the case that when it comes to the created order, we humans have been given a particular place, a particular rank. We have been brought into a particular relationship with our creator. There is no other species like us, just a little lower than the angels, somewhere between the angels and the armadillos, creatures who are aware of who we are and at least wonder about our creator. I'm not sure my white furry friend wonders much about her creator. She wonders a lot about the dog across the street and is not shy in telling us about the dog across the street, but she doesn't seem to be too concerned about where she came from. She is not a wanderer. We humans are wanderers. When we look into the sky, we wonder. When we consider each other, we wonder. When we think to the future, we wonder. When we look at the past, we wonder. When we are struck by beauty, we, we wonder. We call it wonderful. We are wanderers. And it is our wonder that prompts us to ask, very human questions, questions again that no other species 
necessarily ask. We, we ask, for example, the, the why question. We, we wanna know why about so many things. Why are we here? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? And why did we die? And why does life have to be so complicated? And why do we have to fight each other all the time? We, we keep asking because we wonder. We keep asking the why question. We ask also the how question. How does the universe work? How does the law of gravity work? How did we come into being? How will it, how will it be when we finally die? How do you find the answer to this equation? How do you send a man to the moon or to Mars or to Jupiter? How do I get my remote control to work? We ask the how question. We then also ask the when question. When will this happen? When will the plane arrive? When will the rain come? When will the summer be over? When will I die? When will my children finally leave the house? When will I get the phone call? When will they find a cure for cancer? When will Jesus return? When will this sermon be over? <laughs> Hopefully before Jesus returns. We ask the when question. We are wonderers. We want to know why. We want to know how. We want to know when. And because we are wonderers and question askers, our minds and our souls never quite rest until we find the answers. We want to know the answers. We are like Mitya and the brothers Karamazov, one of those who don't want millions, but just simply an answer to my questions. But what follows is the great human dilemma. And the great human dilemma is that we are not going to get all the answers. We are not going to get all the answers. There is only so much that we will ever come to know. There are only so many answers we will be able to find. There are only so many problems to which we will find solutions. We are just a little below the angels, but we are not angels. And the more we come to know makes us realize how much we in fact don't know. It's one of the great discoveries of the human quest, right? The more we know, the more we know what we don't know. When I was 16, I knew everything. And I'm sure my parents were very happy to have someone in their house that knew everything and wasn't afraid to share his knowledge. But one of the great discoveries in the human journey is the discovery of how much we don't know. I'm not sure my dog knows about what she doesn't know, but we humans do. And it is this not knowing, <laughs> it is this not knowing that makes us human beings anxious. We grow anxious over what we don't know. We have the questions, <laughs> but we don't always have the answers. We grow anxious over the future because we don't know what the future will hold, but we know there is a future. 
We grow anxious over our health because we're not sure where our health will end up. We grow anxious over the stock market because we don't know what world events will affect it. We grow anxious over our children because we don't know what choices they will make. Heavens, they don't know what choices they will make. We grow anxious over the course of our country because we don't know how the election will turn out. There is so much we don't know, and the problem is we know we don't know it, and that makes us anxious. We are a little below the angels, but we are not angels. And our quest is to reach our divine destiny, but we've got all these signals that come to us from all sorts of places, unknown places, known places, and we have so few signposts along the way, and sometimes we can feel like we are flying by the seat of our pants, and it makes us anxious, and it makes us afraid. And I suppose a 24-hour news cycle doesn't much help. Have you ever noticed how much opportunity there is for anxiety in 30 minutes of a cable news program? Oh my goodness, 30 minutes will tell you about the virus that's going to kill you, the burglar that is going to invade your home, the economic collapse that is just right around the corner, the person of a certain color or garb that is going to terrorize you, the storm system that's going to rip the roof from your house, the 20-foot reptile that is probably in your closet. <laughs> All these things that we know could happen and yet likely won't happen, but we don't know for sure. All because we don't know. We, we, we are close to the flight of angels, but we feel like we're flying by the seat of our pants. And of course, flying by the seat of your pants is another way of saying that you are flying without instrumentation. And to fly without instruments is the attempt to rely totally upon your own senses. Flying without instruments is to, you know, trust your own intuition. Flying without instruments is to, to not use the gauges that are in front of you. And sometimes when the skies get cloudy and the night gets dark and the wind gets stiff, all of a sudden, when you don't have instruments, it gets really difficult to chart the course. Life will do that, right? Sometimes throw its elements against us and pull us off course. Unexpected weather, surprise events, vexations of the soul. It's hard to fly when your soul is vexed. It's hard to fly when your heart is heavy. It's hard to fly when you're not sure how you're going to pay the bills. It's hard to fly when your marriage is falling apart. It's hard to fly when you've lost your job, when the diagnosis is poor. It's hard to fly when you realize how much you don't know. If only there could be some fixed point, some celestial marker by which to set the course of our lives. Like the wise men who followed that star in the east to Bethlehem, some, some heavenly beacon by which to navigate my life. There's a scene in the movie Apollo 13 where the crew of the imperiled spacecraft are trying to desperately get home and they have lost their instrumentation to guide them to that precise angle by which they would need to enter and pass through the Earth's atmosphere without burning up, but, but without instrumentation. Oh no, they can't find that angle unless they could find in space a fixed point by which to set their course and it dawns on them to use the moon the very place where they were trying to get to, to use the moon 
to set the moon into the window of their craft and to set then their determinants upon that fixed point. And if only then there could be for us some fixed point by which to set our lives, some celestial marker by which to live despite the night, despite the clouds, despite the wind, despite the lack of answers. And I wonder if that isn't a little bit of what the Apostle Paul points us to when he reflects upon the painful uncertainties of life. Paul was never afraid to talk about the painful uncertainties of life, mostly because his life was full of painful uncertainties. Things did not always end up for him the way he thought they would end up. Life seemed always to be full of unexpected and unwelcome surprises. Shipwrecks, betrayals, imprisonment, riots, you name it. Paul knew his fair share of suffering and he wasn't afraid to talk about it. We boast, he says, even in our sufferings. Because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into us. Hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts. It is, I suppose, a way of saying that our hope, our fixed point, as it were, the, the certain coordinates by which we live our lives, the, the hope that does not disappoint is to be found in the love of God that is poured into our hearts, this, this love of God for us and this love of God through us, that though life is filled with all sorts of unexpected and unexpected elements, though there is much more that we don't know than what we know, though the universe is filled with all sorts of unanswered questions, there is, there is one thing we know, one thing we can believe in, one thing we can set our hopes on, the celestial marker that gets us home, and that is the love of God for us and the love of God through us. It is, I suppose, what Jesus was trying to get at when he got one of those great human questions. Not the why question, not the how question, not the when question, but he got the what question. Jesus got the what question, and the what question was, what is the greatest commandment? What is the coordinate by which I set my life? What is the moon I put in the window? And Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. When the wind wants to blow you this way, when the clouds make it very difficult to see, when the night grows too dark to see any signs, one thing is for sure, the love of God poured into you, the love of God for you, and the love of God through you. Love God, Jesus says, love neighbor. That's it. Because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, you don't know where the stock market's going to show up, you don't know what the doctor's going to say, you may not know what your boss is going to decide, but what we know, oh, the hope that does not disappoint, is the love of God for you and the love of God through you. 
love God, love neighbor, the fixed celestial point, the measurement by which we measure all other things. In the aftermath of Dunkirk, in the lead up to World War II for the Americans when the French and the Brits were being chased by the Nazi army to the shores of France, the Brits sent any ship they could find to rescue those who had made their way to the beaches there, and one such ship, the Lancastria, filled up its berths with troops and civilians, and just as they were pulling away, got struck by a German bomb, and this big liner began to list heavily and sink. From nearby, our Roman Catholic priests could see these soldiers without any hope, no way of getting out, trapped in the hold of the ship, and he did the only thing he could think to do in the moment when there were no answers. He jumped, swam his way into the hold of the ship where all those men were trapped, climbed in to be with them in the final minutes of their life and to pray with them and to sing with them. Later, those who made it safely to England reported that the sound that could not escape their minds and strangely enough, the sound that encouraged them across the English Channel were the sound of the hymns being sung by those soldiers led by that priest. So much we do not know. Why, how, when, what. We are a little less than the angels, <laughs> but not angels yet. Celestial beings in the making and on our way, celestial signs by which to navigate fixed points, hope that does not disappoint, the love of God for us, and the love of God through us.
Again, after the benediction and benediction response, we invite you to remain here in the sanctuary for our congregational meeting. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.